Hey guys, if you are a father who would like to have a deeper relationship with your son, if you have a son that you're trying to pour into and develop, if you want to help your son see the greatness that you know he has in his life, I've got a very special event coming up June 23rd through 27. We are going to be in Cleveland National Forest. My father's coming with me, Who my, the man who you hear me talk about all the time, who helped me become who I've become in life. We're going to be doing a father-son rite of passage event, Map and Compass Land Navigation. I'll be teaching you how to use Map and Compass in the exact same place that I learned in Navy SEAL training. This is going to be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You'll, rem- you'll have these memories for the rest of your life. If you want to find out more, you can click the link in the description below. We've only got 16 spots available and we've already sold a few of those you can find out more at the impossible.life slash legacy navigators quit turning around on a pain that's meant to help you grow when there's greatness on the other side of your pain push through it grow through it it's gonna hurt you can get better and even if you fail don't quit on your pain that's impossible let me tell you what i believe your weakness is not your technique don't think you are. Know you are. The Impossible Life Podcast. I mean, you're sitting on a winning lottery ticket. An idea that is fully formed, fully understood, that sticks. This is the Impossible Life Podcast. Because Nick and I are attempting to live impossible lives. What we know is that nothing is impossible. So instead of using impossible as an excuse to not try... We'll use the pursuit of impossible as an accelerant for greatness. If something's never been done before, that just means it's unexplored. If they tell you it's too hard, it's just waiting to be simplified. Impossible is a default label used by uncourageous people unwilling to take a risk. The real truth is this. The solution to any impossible task starts with this question. If I had to, what would it take? What would it take? Welcome to another episode of the Impossible Life Podcast. I'm your co-host, Nick Surface, and I'm looking across at a man who has never owned a flashlight or been lost for a moment in his life. That's right, friends. The former Navy SEAL, Garrett Unklebach, a man who was born equipped with GPS and night vision. There's a lot of truth in that, but it's not, it's not the whole truth. I have been lost before, which I unlost myself. <laughs> oh, oh, did you, Captain? And I do own a flashlight, but I also have night vision. You unlost yourself? Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. All right. Anyways, I got to see this firsthand, so this is a very specific (laughs) one. Uh, Garrett and I climbed a mountain uh, in between the time that we released our last podcast and this one released, and it was a very uh, fun experience. It was awesome. We learned a lot. Um, I got to see Garrett just, you know, in his element. We'll get into it more, but basically, uh, it's very relevant to today. This episode, which is on pain. Well, I think you would want to just finish a little bit of that where the intro came from. Well, dude, so first of all, I mean, I've talked about some of this stuff before, man. Like, I don't have a great directional sense. Garrett has a very, very good directional sense. Not great is an understatement. Thank you for stressing that yet again. Uh, He, like, we're walking and he'll challenge me. He's like, hey, Nick, which direction is the car from here? And I'm like, oh, man, I got it right. So, you know, eat it. I'm getting better. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's, Garrett has a very good directional sense. He's very good at like charting. He, he makes, he takes points of reference. Obviously he was a seal. So, I mean, they taught him how to do this stuff correctly. And then the night, yeah, just because I'm a seal, you know, it's good. At yeah, bro. You were born with it. Anyways, everything's easy for you. <laughs> Anyways, the, um, no, but the night vision thing. So like the G, what, the GPS, we talked about that before, but the night vision thing is actually legit. So I was, I was reminded of a story when we were out, Garrett stressed to us. We basically all spent the night on this mountain. And so we, we woke up and gave you guys some really great referenced experience for getting up at four in the morning. Oh my gosh. If you want to get up at four in the morning and you, you feel like that's difficult, start waking yourself up at one ten in the morning. Cause that's what I did. We got up at like, I got up at quarter past one to make myself breakfast with freeze dried people food. don't go to sleep until that time. Exactly. And I was already getting up because we'd gone to bed at six 30. Anyways, we're getting too far down the line. We're going to tell more of the story, but the point is Garrett stressed to us because we were waking up at that time, how important our night vision was and like told us, don't put any white light on. Keep the red light on your headlamp. Don't look at your phone. Yeah. Don't turn the white light on your headlamp because most people don't know this, but uh, men survived very well for a long time before electricity. 
Right. And because if you'll That's use a sarcastic your, statement, folks, if you'll use your eyes correctly, you can't see pretty well in the dark. Right. But there's one way to actually have night vision. It's a whole another one to just be a jerk towards everyone else about it. And uh, <laughs> when we when we ran the hundred miler last year, I was carrying a bunch of boxes. And I couldn't see where I was going. And I'm like trying to I'm like, going, hey, can someone come up here with a flashlight? And I will paraphrase for you. Um, Garrett just asked me why I suck so much. Uh, maybe that's not a paraphrase. That's actually what he said because he was just like, how can you not see in this? And he was just like, whatever, bro, you're weak. You don't have night vision like I do. And he meant it. So there you go. That's, that's a fun story. That's not what I said, but it's definitely what Nick heard. I'm pretty sure you said <laughs> why do we, anyways. Yeah, it was sure is a paraphrase, but I, I captured the essence anyways. All right. We're talking about pain. <laughs> we're going to tell you more about that because the mountain story really does have a lot more to it. And, and it is a, it's very relevant to what we're talking about today, which is pain um, and the purpose of pain. So we're actually going through this in mindset mastery right now. G we're covering fear and pain on a much deeper level. We're actually going to, it's, this is uh, nothing like what we're covering today is very different to what we're covering in Mindset Mastery, but still very useful and very relevant. Even to the people who are on Mindset Mastery, I feel like they'll be like, oh, this is a little bit of bonus coverage on pain. Mm-hmm. So uh, whether you're on Mindset Mastery or not, it's you're going to enjoy topic. this. It is a great topic. Pain it's, will go as far as you want to go with it. Isn't that the truth? Well, gee, we are uh, addicted to pain medications in this country. <laughs> That's the truth. And it's crazy. Like, it's crazy how much in this country, in the United States of America, we have like, oh, just get a prescri- prescription drug. So between the years of 2015 and 2018, according to the CDC, which hmm, I'm not sure how uh, reliable they are (laughs) these days as far as their reputation goes due to recent events, but I think these will be accurate. The percent of people using at least one prescription drug in the past 30 days during that period, G, they only used one during a period of 30 days. What percentage of the U.S. population? Prescription drug or prescription pain medication? Prescription drug. What percentage of the U.S. population? Yeah. Only using one. Oh, oh wait. Okay, the the percentage of people that are only using one in, in a thirty day period. Yeah, because so many people would be using more. I would say you know maybe only like twenty five percent. Forty eight point six percent of Americans used at least one prescription drug. Oh, you said only one, not at least one. Used at least one prescription drug in the past thirty days. I'll just do this because you're not <laughs> being as fun with this. The percent of people using three or more prescription drugs in the past thirty days was twenty four percent. The percent of people using five or more prescription drugs in the past 30 days was 12.8% during that time period. The point being, it is a massive... Around 75% of people are on some sort. Yeah, there was a percent of visits involving drug therapy for physician offices was 72%. That's crazy. There was over a billion drugs prescribed for physician office visits during that time. If you're not on a prescribed drug, you are not the except you're not the norm, you're the exception. Yeah, which is just I mean, that's mind blowing. I, I said this on Mindset Mastery and it's worth sharing because I lived in the UK for nine years. I remember how weird it was when I would come back from from there and you know, I watched TV, whatever, I was over in the UK. I would come back to America for a visit and I would turn on the TV and I would see all these like pharmaceutical ads and it was so weird. That that just doesn't exist outside of America where it's like we love prescription drugs so much we need to advertise them you know while you're watching sports it's crazy it's slightly different but it's crazy to me how many young people are on like antidepressant right yeah i agree man yeah that should be time when you're not depressed far far too much which is a form of pain right Right. i I would say that for a lot of people an antidepressant is like a pain medication yeah no that's that's and there's a lot of people that'd be really upset with that statement but well, hey, it's not the first time that you said some things that would upset people, so why stop? Anyways, so on to what we're on to what we're going to talk about. So the mountain story and where this comes in. So like I said, Garrett and I really just went to uh, hike a mountain, was, which yeah, I had a great time. Because, I did too. Uh, I know you had a great time. My great time was a little bit different than your great time. Yeah, Garrett likes watching people in pain, like truthfully. Well, and somebody, if you've been to altitude before, you know what it's like. And we by, did say by that, altitude, yeah. I mean like you've been above like ten or eleven thousand. You know, going to nine thousand feet is one thing, but you get up above eleven and twelve, and it's it's very different. And right, we, we went to almost fourteen thousand feet, and uh, I will just say, a lot of these guys hadn't been that high before. So, and so yeah. their experience at altitude was very different than Gar- mine. Garrett took eleven of us newbies. Literally, nobody had any backpacking or mountaineering experience. We all bought gear. He There's took a couple a- of hikers. Some right. of you are pretty good athletes. Yeah, that helps. Um, some people were just fired up. Yeah, yeah. Some people just said, Hey, what a great time with my friends. So this was for the leadership, uh, for some of the leaders in our men's group at church. And so Garrett takes 11 of us up this mountain. Um, I was, I was pumped, man. This is like for me being a kid growing up in Southern California, like the idea of putting everything you need to survive on your back and like going up a mountain. I was all for this because that was something I just never got to do. So 
uh, what Garrett forgot to mention was that what elevation does to you. And I suppose I could have Googled it myself. I completely glossed over this I just, fact. I focused on the things that they needed to know. Yeah. Was he no- was hard on us about gear, uh, you know, about, you know, getting the right food. Like gave us a gear list. Really, really good. You know, thanks, Garrett. Appreciate that. We get up to a place called Leadville, which if you know, if you're an ultra marathon runner, you know the Leadville 100. We get up there. This thing is like at 10,200 feet. It's the most populated, it's the highest elevation populated city in America. Well, 10,000 feet, little did I know, was enough to jack you up. So I'm in good shape. I get out of the car. I do what I normally do. I grab my bags out the back. We, I, we, f- we flew in yeah. and drove straight there, flew into Colorado Springs, drove straight there, and we're sitting at dinner. And almost everyone at dinner just looked hungover. Oh, well, no, this is this. Yeah, you're like fast forwarding. I got out of the car and grabbed my bags and I was already drinking more water. And I asked you, I was like, gee, does elevation make you thirstier? And you're like, yeah. And I was like, okay, whatever. I'll be thirstier. I can deal with that. So <clears throat> when I got my bag and I got out of the car, my bags weigh like 30 pounds. It was nothing that is anything remotely strenuous for me. I walk up, not five flights, five actual stairs and get to the lobby, and I start coughing like I just did, like I had just run wind sprints. If you've ever run wind sprints hard enough that you start coughing and hacking, that was literally what happened. I couldn't stop coughing. I started getting all dizzy, and I'm like, I'm out of breath, and my heart rate just spikes up to like the 160s, and I'm going, what is going on? I had no idea what was happening. So get your bag out of the car. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. It sounds pretty hard. It was like I became 120 like overnight or in like five minutes. So we basically, the point being, altitude is very, very difficult. And so what happened was through multiple nights of very bad sleep and you know, then we actually start hiking up to this elevation. Imagine like the way I've described it is imagine that you have COVID brain fog, which if you got COVID and you got brain fog, you know what that's like. That's, that's what it felt like. And you're hungover, which I hope you've never had a hangover, but I'm guessing a large amount of our population knows what that feels like. Uh, and then you're doing a stair stepper that just never ends. And that was literally my mountain hiking experience. Like there were some really cool moments. I got to drink from a stream. I never quit. Uh, most, most of our guys said it was the hardest thing that they'd ever oh, done. And, it, and, yeah. and, you know, we were hiking for six straight hours, just like pushing for six straight Dude, hours. Nine and a half hours. It ended up well, being. that's up. The, right. The oh, up, yeah. Six hours. It was up. almost six hours. Well, the down sucked as well. I mean, like, yeah, but you can't quit on the way down. Well, that's true. Yeah, that's actually true. <laughs> One of the set, well, the point I was making was for almost six hours on the way up, guys were having the hardest time they'd ever had, and many of them were like, "Yeah, for over an hour, I, I thought I was going to quit." <laughs> yeah, they confessed that on the way back down. Now, I I can say that I was never contemplating quitting because the thought of quitting hurt way worse than whatever I was experiencing at the moment. Um, but it was, I got some very valuable the, takeaways. The, the takeaway from altitude, uh, I, know, I know for you and you probably have many other takeaways, but the takeaway is that altitude is a different type of pain. Oh, big time. I mean, it, it was a force multiplier for pain. I, I honestly can't express to you how much, like it's like, you're like, oh, headache, come on, bro. Like get tough. No, I'm telling you, like this is like a pounding headache. You're out of breath. You can hardly do any physical activity. I think the best and I analogy, felt like I was going to pass out the whole time. Best analogy for altitude is increased gravity. Right. Is that like, it just everything's harder. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot like being around you. Anyways, uh, <laughs> you are the altitude of life. I should have had that as your but intro. I, I am increased <laughs> gravity, but I'm making you stronger. Okay. And this is like, he actually believes that. But the reason we, the reason we talk about evidence. that, it, it, we're going to get into like the different types of pain, how to tell the difference. And most importantly, I'm guessing you're going to want to know how to endure pain. We are going to get to that. But I think when we talk about pain, people have, oh yeah, I know what pain is. I know what pain is. Well, you do, but we've also classified pain. And I mean, we're talking about both physical and mental pain. And I, I like to talk about something called the pain cycle. Yeah. And people experience this all the time and they, it, they just breeze past it. And so they get stuck in the cycle. And the cycle is you have a trigger, you feel some sort of pain. So then you numb the pain. There's a distraction. Then the trigger comes again and you have the pain again. Then you numb it, and you, you literally just go past this all the time. And people breeze past this, and they don't even notice it. And we've talked about it on this podcast before, but like what this looks like, the way you can tell if you have a trigger and you're numbing pain is you'll have a sudden craving. That is the number one way to tell. People will be like, oh, man, I just really just, you know, if you've ever picked up your phone and started scro- scrolling social media, why'd you do that? If you've just suddenly been like, oh, man, I need to get a snack, like right now. Do you? Because hunger comes on gradually. You know what I mean? Like, and I mean, we could go into some of the worst vices like, oh, I just really need to smoke weed. I need to just look at porn. I need to just By you know, the way, drink. Pro, pro tip for any of those like triggers, whether it's Instagram or a snack or whatever, 
just make them less easy for you to get to, right? For a lot of people, they have like Instagram on their home screen. Yeah, big time. Right, don't have Instagram on your home screen. I put Instagram, like I have like five pages of apps. I put Instagram on the last one and I removed it from my search. So like I can't swipe on on an iPhone, I can't swipe down and search for Instagram to get to it either. Like I pull up a lot of apps that way. The only way for me to get to Instagram is like to swipe over five times to get to the app. Yeah. And in that amount of time, you can't like you'll become conscious of a trigger. Yeah. Right. Well, hopefully. Same I, with the snack. But but I hope I hope the craving is enough for people to go like, oh, okay, because that that really is it. When you suddenly get this urge, yeah. get, something's triggered it. And if you ask yourself what just happened, you'll probably realize, you know what, something just happened. I had a fight with somebody that's close to me. Uh, I got a bad news about something. I, you know, insert whatever just happened right before and, and you're getting triggered by things that are causing you pain and your response to it is to numb it. And you go like, well, big deal. I look at Instagram whenever I get a bad email, it helps me cope. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. But you're not actually addressing what's going on underneath. And right. I guarantee you that that like pain isn't just going to stay. You'll, be, the, you'll stay in that loop. Yeah. You'll, but it, and it'll get worse because it, it, I've said this before. Like if you're the type of person that blows up, cause that's what people do when things frustrate them, that's that they'll call They'll say, oh, it's frustrating. I'm angry. That's pain, right? Like, and you're, yeah. that's your response to pain. And so sometimes people will have these really big blow up reactions and it's because they've practiced it and rehearsed it over and over and over again. And as long as you're numbing the pain, you're not, you're not dealing with it. And I mean, you love the saying, kill what's killing you, right? Yeah. The, so you got to get out of the cycle big right? time. And if the only way to get out of the cycle, it's, it's a military saying is to kill what's killing you. Yeah. Right. There's things that are, are fighting against you. There's things that are working against you. You need to identify what that is. You need to get rid of it. Right. Right. And that's what we're saying with this cycle, right? Don't just stay in the loop of follow, like, you know, bowing to your pain. Cause yeah. then it just gets worse. And then you re- then you come back to it again and again and again, the thing that's causing the pain, you need to get rid of it. Yeah. And people will think like, Oh, social media is not a big deal. This isn't a big deal, but like in the other instances, like as the more research we get on like things like weed smoking and the more people dive into what alcohol actually does to you, you're creating a whole new problem for yourself. And we've talked about this before, so I don't think we need to keep going on it. Yeah, but I want to go deeper on pain today and I, I, I wouldn't call it fortunate. I would just say I've been in the unique position of being with a lot of people in serious pain, right? Mm-hmm. And in deep pain. And I don't just mean in the military, right? I've gotten to be around a lot of people going through very difficult pain in their life. And I think there's something very curious about pain in that pain becomes emotional for a lot of people. Yeah. Or like pain will make you cry, right? But that's not necessarily the emotion part. But pain will bring up emotions in people. Sometimes people go through pain like we see it in the ice bath. Mm-hmm. Like people start crying in the ice bath. And it's yeah, not. It's, I've seen that. Yeah. But it's not because their feet hurt. It's not because their toes hurt. It's not because they're uncomfortable. Right. That pain is bringing up emotions. Yes. And you have to ask the question, why is pain emotional? Why, why, because, you know, people aren't animals, but I've seen a lot of animals get injured very badly, Mm -hmm. right? I've seen injured animals, seen animals get hit by a car, seen an animal with a missing leg. I've seen all kinds of, like, you spend a lot of time outside, you'll see how crazy nature is. Like, you don't see, these animals feel pain, but they're not crying about it. Yeah. Right. And so why do humans cry about their pain? Um, Because, well, we're going to get into it, but there's, uh, a deep emotion that's attached to our pain and it's coming from a place that if you look at the difference understand the difference between man and the other creatures on the earth there's things that we don't have and that's really where the emotion of pain comes from yeah and i think what's interesting about pain i found this really really fascinating is that people feel pain differently and it, and if you go to your doctor you're like oh well, what do you mean well high blood pressure is high blood pressure you got some pretty clear numbers on that if you go to your doctor and you tell him that you're having some pain in your knee he's going to start asking you questions Hey, uh, you know, is it, is it throbbing? Is it come on suddenly? Is it always hurting? And then he's going to say, hey, rate your pain for me. And this is such a weird, like, think about how advanced we are. We can literally FaceTime someone that's, like, across the world. And yet, if, some, if you go to a doctor and say, hey, I'm having some pain, hey, rate it for me between 1 to 10. That's, like, the most subjective thing you've ever heard. I don't even know if you would do an employee review that way. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, but, like, you're rating your pain. And so we have this, this whole... We, like, did, uh, we did reviews that way in the military where it was like, hey, rate yourself how right. good you think you are. And then basically every, every single one of these I did, and I was like, okay, I understand how this works. Yeah. Probably like, the first time I did one of those, I was like, I feel like I'm doing pretty good. I like, no, you're not. Yeah. You're not doing <laughs> Whatever good. you think, you're wrong. <laughs> I'm a one. Oh, bro. No, you're right. You're less than a one. <laughs> basically. 
but but like you think about that that's 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 a really crazy way that we that we influence pain but it is truly because people feel pain differently and so they've actually looked into this more and there's some there's the sensation of pain that you feel and there's a very scientific way that looks at you can look at the all the they're called nociceptors the things that actually receive outward pain like a poke or a prick or you're a scrape to yourself and it feeds it up through your spinal cord and up to your brain so that's like the science of it but the actual psychology of it, and this is what's really interesting about how people feel differently, your experience of it can be heightened or reduced based on your emotional or psychological state, your memories of previous pain, you know, your upbringing, which I would say would influence a lot of your thinking, and your expectation and attitude towards pain, your beliefs and values, your age, your gender, and your social and cultural influences. Basically, there's a lot of things that can make your, your within, experience of it different. Within all of those things... Right. There's emotion. Right? Yes. There's a lot. There, those are experiences. Yeah. There's beliefs in there. And there's emotion tied to exper- ex- experiences and beliefs. Yeah. And those things influence pain. Yeah. Right. So I like, think that emotions and how you feel about pain influences pain. And in the same way, pain can influence your emotions. Right. And we're going to get into that deeper. But I, w- I want the want all of us to understand that these things are connected. Yeah. Right. The what you've been through in your life, what the things that yes. you believe, the attitude that you have, it, it it impacts the pain. How what how much pain you'll feel? Like how you'll feel how you feel about the pain impacts how much pain you feel. Yes. And the painful things that you go through, depending on who you are, depending on what you've been through, depending on what you believe, it may cause a very emotional experience for you because it's going to bring bring you to a place where you're feeling not just the physical pain in the moment, but you're feeling the pain of what you've been through. You're yeah. feeling the pain of what you believe about yourself which is actually far more painful than the pain of the moment. But isn't that crazy though? I mean, I, I think that's fascinating that your brain can actually make it worse or better. I always, I still think about our hundred mile experience when I had a very specific pain uh, that people probably don't want to hear me talk about because it was not in a nice region. And <laughs> I learned that you could zoom out on pain. That is still one of the most mind blowing yeah. things. I feel about that moment. And this is complete rabbit hole. I feel about that moment the same way I feel about walking on hot coals with Tony Robbins. Yeah. Like when I walked on hot coals with Tony Robbins, I was I could, I, I was like, literally I was dumbfounded. And I think back to our experience on the hundred mile about how the pain literally disappeared when I zoomed out on it. I've never experienced anything like it where you can just be like, Oh, I just, the pain just completely went away. We give pain a voice. We do. Right. Yeah. When you, uh, so I've watched so many people quit. Right. I, I don't mean just in seal training, right. Yeah. I've watched people quit in life. I've watched people quit in moments and, uh, you can tell when someone's wanting to quit, right. Like, how can you tell? Like, it's so easy, but it is so easy, right? You can see it in there. I remember in in training, right? Like, especially during Hell Week, if you'd look at a guy and, like, you went in a really bad moment and you crack a smile at him and he didn't crack a smile back, that guy's about to quit. Yeah. Right? But the guys who are like, yeah, this is really bad. Yeah. You know, like the way they felt about it. Like, it's bad, but we'll be okay. Right. Right. That those people are, are going to push through. The, the, the way that you feel about your pain has a big impact on what it does to yeah. you. It's so bad, it's funny. There was a couple times on our mountain hike, which, by the way, we're going to release a YouTube video because we shot a bunch of stuff when we went out and did it. And we also encountered 40-mile-per-hour gusts of winds in 28-degree weather while it was snowing when we were up near the peak. It was fun times. I, there was a number of times when my, my friend over here would look at me and just shoot me this little smirk. Like It was very quick, and I knew exactly what he was thinking. And I would just smile back at him like, yeah, this is kind of funny. And uh, it did suck. So I want to I go deeper into how emotion is attached to pain. And I want to talk about yes. this. There's two different types of pain. And I don't mean in, in, in a different way. Like there's physical and emotional pain. But there's two different types of pain. You, could put your, you can put all your physical and mental pain in these two different categories. You have the category of pain that I call boundaries, right? Some like, why do we have pain, right? That's what you should ask with anything yeah. in the same way, the same way, like this is the way, like a lot of people respond to things, uh, with the pain trigger and the pain cue. Yeah. think about like you're walking down the street and some guy just comes up to you, like grabs you by the shoulders and asks you a question, right? Are you going to answer his question right away? That's what a lot of people do. They just respond to it. Right. Right. If somebody came up to me as I'm walking down the street and just grabs me and like, asked me a question, I would be like, excuse me. Like, right. Who are you? Why are you asking me a question? Why do I have to answer your question? Right. Think of a <laughs> great line from Parks and Rec. This is America, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. I don't have to answer stupid questions while I'm standing on my own property. Well, there you go. <laughs> but <laughs> when people, when somebody would say that to you, right, you should like pr- stop and prompt it. Like, right. why, why am I feeling this? Yeah. Why are you asking me this question? Why do I even have to answer this question? So when, when you go through pain, you need to say like, well, okay, why am I feeling pain? Well, right. one of the reasons that we feel pain is that pain's like meant to help us understand like my body's hurting. I need to tend to it, right? You don't want to like have an infection on the bottom of your foot right. and you don't even feel it, yeah. right? It's like, oh, dang, 
my foot fell off. Yeah. Right. Like you need to feel pain so that you can take care of your body. You need to feel pain so that, you know, there's some things in life. Like think about like, you know, grabbing a hot pan. Yeah. Taught my toddler. Hey, don't do that. That's bad. Right. right. And that's all that she needs to know is don't do it. But at some point in her life, I will teach her. You can move a hot pan. Right. But you need to do it the right way. The first time you touch it, you're going to realize, man, I never want to do that again. Yeah. Right. Well, I actually do need to be able to move a hot pan. And there's a really simple way I just put on an oven mitt. Yeah. Right. I just grab a towel and I can move a hot pan. So I say that to say some pain is what I call a boundary pain. Yeah. It's going to protect you. Right. Uh, but this is actually not very many pains in life. A lot right. of people look at their pains and life. It's like, yep, need to turn around. Right. We're going up the mountain for a reason. Yeah. And we, exactly. you, some people could have felt the altitude as, and like, this is a boundary pain, man. Nope. This is my body saying, this is bad. I mm-hmm. should turn around. I'm uncomfortable. My body's telling me like, this could hurt you. Yeah. Right. And, and I even know some people that like they, they, they had friends have that conversation with them. Like, man, are you sure? Like, should you follow Garrett up there? Like right. that's dangerous. That could hurt you. Right. Yeah. A lot of people look at pain. It's like, this is a boundary. Just turn around. Yeah. Can't go that direction anymore. There are, I, so I want to say that to say there are pains in life that are boundaries, right? right? The pain of a hot pan, right? Okay. Don't do that. Like a lot of those types of pains are saying you should do this differently. Yes. Yeah. You said the lesson of boundary pain is not this way, which right. I think is so well said. Exactly. And there's, and, and that's on the physical side and there's not very many to me, there's not very many physical pains that are boundary pains. Right. Right. But there are ones like that, that are saying like, this is, this is a thing you shouldn't do. Don't hold a hot pan. There's nothing beneficial in that. I can find a better way to do it. Right. Um, but on the mental side, there's also not very many what I would call boundary pains. A lot of people think their mental pains are boundary pains. I think the only mental pains that are boundary pains are are mental pains of morality. Right. right? Of like, man, I don't want to hurt people. I don't want to like cause harm to others. I don't want to do bad things. Right. Like it's yeah. painful to do those things. It f- you feel pain in, in a, the worst way. Right. The pain of letting people down. Yeah. like Stuff like that. Like that's boundary pain. It's saying like, man, you, you don't want to be there. And what do boundaries do? Boundaries protect us. Right. Right. Like if you're driving on the road in Colorado on an icy road, you're really happy for those metal yeah. boundaries on the side of the road. Because if, if you slip up, it's going to keep you from falling off of the cliff. We want those boundaries in our life. But there's a second type of pain. So boundary pain is protection pain. Right. Right. And it's meant to keep you away from it. Right. Or, or at, a, at the least, do this differently. Yeah. Right. Not this way. The other type of pain is barrier pain. Right. And this is what we're going to spend a lot of time talking about today. Uh, barrier pain. So boundaries, boundary pain is for protection. Barrier pain is a limitation. Mm. Right. But we have the opportunity to exceed limitations, to grow through limitations. Right. For you. Uh, and, and I'm not saying that you won't you won't adapt because you did. But like when we first got there, oh. you were feeling the limitations of your altitude adaptation. Yeah. Right. And you could have looked at that as barrier pain and said, Mm-mm, nope, need to go back. Right. Let's go back to Colorado Springs. I, I wasn't hurting there. Right. Right. I, my, my body told me to turn around already. Yeah. Right. So some pain is a barrier pain, which is meant for you. To, it's a limitation. And what what happens with our limitations is that we can grow from them. That type of pain can make us stronger. It just takes time. It takes preparation to be able to get through those things. The next time we go to altitude, Nick will feel a lot stronger. He'll Please do a Lord. lot better. <laughs> It'll still that. be uncomfortable. Yeah. Right? The same way that, like, if you just start going to the gym, everything hurts. Yeah, true. When you get really strong, when you're in great shape, and you train really hard, everything still hurts. Right. But you're really good at handling everything hurting. Mm. Like, I felt the altitude the same way Nick did, but I'd been there many times before. Yeah. Right. When someone who's in really great shape goes to the gym and does a really hard workout, it's not that they don't feel pain. They just say, like, I've felt this pain so many times. I'm very familiar with it and I know what it feels like. And it's certainly not a boundary where people think that a barrier is a boundary is because they they don't have a lot of strength. They don't have a lot of preparation and they don't know how to tell the difference. Right. Right. And so in that. I want to say the reason I, I've, I've, I've really thought about this. I've also experienced that I've walked through it with other people. The reason that pain feels emotional, right? And the reason for humans so much differently than an animal that like for animals, they're not trying to tell the difference between a boundary and a barrier. Yeah. They're not like a deer is not trying to like become the best version of itself and grow and get better in life. It just is right. But for us as humans, we know that we're capable of so much more. 
I know that I can get stronger mentally, physically. I know that I can be a better person. I can be a better father. I can be a better business owner, right? And I feel pain in all of those areas, right? And I say to myself, I can be better. I can get stronger. When I feel pain in my life, like if Nick had, you know, pushed up the mountain as far as he could, and then he just like broke down and, and even though it's a limitation boundary, like he just said, I can't take another step. Right. A lot of people in that place, they'll start to cry, not right. because of the pain, but because of the way the pain made them feel. Because what does that limitation tell you about yourself? There's uh, the way that I look at it is you can like blue pill or red pill, a boundary pain. I mean, a, a barrier pain. Uh, sorry, sorry. Uh, yeah, a barrier pain. You can blue pill or red pill, a barrier pain. The blue pill is to say like, yeah, I'm going to turn around. I don't want this pain anymore. And I'm going to go back to where I came from. Or you can red pill that pain. And you can say, if you haven't watched the matrix, I don't even know what to say anymore at this point. <laughs> Just watch the movie. Uh, you, or you can red pill that pain and say, you know, no, I've been down the blue pill road, right? I'm not going to go that way anymore. I'm going to continue. I'm going to advance. And what you do at that moment is you become something else. You decide I'm no longer going to be limited. I'm going to become better. I'm going to grow stronger. I'm not going to be afraid anymore. And I'm going to move into this place that I meant to. I know I'm meant to be here. The reason people break down and cry in that moment when they U-turn, when they blue pill on on the barrier pain is because they feel inadequate. Yeah. They say they, they give they give up. And like a, a deer, when it feels pain, doesn't feel like, man, I'm, I'm just not really being what I'm called to be. Yeah. Right. But the reason that people cry in pain isn't just from like people cry from the, the, how bad it hurts. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when people cry from the emotions of pain, it's because they're feeling the limitations of who they are. Yeah. Right. But, and, and that's, that hurts, right? Like to, to go back down the same road, to go back to where you came from. That's not what we want to be because all of us have a sense of purpose inside of us. All of us have something within us that is calling us to be more, that is calling us to actually become what we were created to be. Yes. Like a seed must become a tree, right? And eventually that seed, it's either going to, it's either going to die or it's going to grow out of the ground. And we need to, we, we have to come to that place and say, you know what? I'm willing to bear, bury myself in the ground and I'm going to be all that I can be and grow through it. But that essentially, that's the reason that people cry when they feel those emotions of pain. It's because they're feeling the limitations. They're feeling inadequacy. Yeah. And I know this is speaking to some people who are hearing this. I want this to be an awareness for you. I want this to be a wake up for you that you need to decide to quit uh, telling your barrier pains that they're boundary pains, right? Like quit turning around on a pain that's meant to help you grow. When there's greatness on the other side of your pain, push through it. Yes. Grow through it, right? Like it's going to hurt. You can get better. And even if you fail, don't quit on your pain, mm-hmm. right? But when you, when you get up to altitude or whatever it is, wherever that thing is, where each step gets harder and harder and harder, you give all that you have. And if you fail, you can come back again and get further. But don't look at where, where you become the worst version of yourself is where you say, you know, no, I can't grow from this. Yes. This is just trying to protect me. And I need to go back. I'm not supposed to be here. Yeah. I hope people are catching the perspective shift and the reframe that you're giving towards pain. Because to me, this is exciting. If you're somebody that you're like, oh, I've been doing terrible with pain, and somebody comes in and tells you, hey, guess what? You can get better with pain because boundary pain is just telling you not this way. It's not saying, oh, you know, you're done, like you've reached your physical limit. And the other one is, is it, the lesson is it's time to grow. And what, what we're telling you, and this is backed by science, is backed by experience, and we've got plenty of cases we can point to for proof, is that you can make it better. Not because you have to go and like, you know, stab yourself with a bunch of needles, but because you can start thinking better and change your attitude and your mindset towards pain. You have an incredible growth mindset towards pain, G. I mean, you've I mean, people may or may not think of this, but like if you're in the military, you get injured. If you're in special forces, you get injured a lot worse. And you were obviously in the SEAL team. So, I mean, you've had a number of things. And you've had people tell you, oh, hey, you're not going to run again. I mean, you had a bad back injury. Yeah, I, I, took, a, I took a pounding for sure. Um, but, you know, I also looked at that, and I looked at the reference of some of my friends. I had friends lose limbs. I had yeah. friends get blown up. And they didn't quit. And they chose to kept, keep going, right? Like, that, that encouraged me to push. Like, I had a doctor tell me, like, man, you're going to deal with this issue for forever. This will always cause you pain. You'll, you'll always be limited because of this. And I was like, I'm sure that's what your textbook says, mm. right? But that's not who I am, yeah. right? I've been told before that you can't do this, right? You have to have a growth mindset around your pain. I, I haven't, like I had issues with discs in my back and I was like, yeah, I'm sure a lot of the other people that you looked at their scans looked like mine, right? Just because their back looked like mine 
doesn't mean who they are is the same as who I am. Yeah. Right. And and who I am is going to deal with the same x-ray with the same scan very differently than the way somebody else did. Yeah. Because that's not the only thing that determines my reality. Like I didn't look at an x-ray. I didn't look at an MRI and say, yep, that's who I am. I I said, here's what I'm going to do with what's been given to me. Mm. I was actually, uh, I actually talked to somebody about this yesterday. Someone was telling me about their friend. I I didn't tell them this, but who had the same injury as me. Mm. Right. And, They've they've really let it make them worse. Uh, they've they've deti- they believed what the doctor said, and they've they've only gotten weaker and they've mm. gotten out of shape because of that. And I, I looked at this pain that somebody tried to tell me was a boundary pain, right? The same way that my friend who lost his leg, the same way that my friends who got blown up, who could have said, "Yeah, I guess I'm just, you know, not meant to be healthy anymore. I guess yeah. I'm just not meant to, you know, get better anymore. This that was the end of the road for me. I guess I should just turn around and go home." And by go home, I mean quit. Yeah. By go home, I mean like not give an effort anymore. What I said was, well, how far can I go with this injury that I have? What can I still do? Instead of like my, one of my friends lost his leg. He was a great surfer, right? And he, um, he could have said like, man, I guess I'll never surf again. He still surfs. I, he, he can't surf at the level that he did before. He's still a 10 times a surfer that I am on one leg. Yeah. Right. He didn't say like, I guess I'll just go home. You, you decide what your injuries mean. You decide what your pain means. So many people get a prescription and they get a determination from a doctor of this is who you are now because of X, Y, and Z that you have. That's just one person's opinion, right? Like they may, they, they know what your anatomy is, but your anatomy is not the whole truth. Why? Mm, Because you have the ability to change how you feel about your pain and how you feel about you. You can heal differently based upon your thoughts. And I'm not getting into like woo woo stuff. I'm just telling you the power of your thoughts changes how you feel about pain changes how your body is right. Because try this, go out with like a little boo boo that you got, but focus on it, focus on how bad it is. And it'll turn into the worst pain that you've ever had. Right. As Seneca says, most people suffer more in their minds than in reality. And I know that the opposite can be true as well, that the pain can be really bad but what you, how you feel about it isn't that bad. Yeah. I really hope that people, when you're hearing that, you're not just going, oh, well, you're a Navy SEAL and, you know, you're just a little bit crazy or, you know, that's not me. Please don't well, do that. Maybe, maybe I am crazy. Other people can be crazy too. It, that, exactly the point. Like if you, there's, you're, I mean, look, gee, if it bleeds, you can if, kill it. If, if you're, you're a human being. Exactly right. The, the point being, you're a human being. Well, that's, that, was, uh, that was Arnold Schwarzenegger's thought process in Terminator. Most people say like, man, this guy, this thing. No one can kill this thing. Yeah. And he said, if it bleeds, we can kill it. It's a different perspective. Yeah. Right. If I can still walk, I could run. Right. If I can, if I can move a little bit, I can move a lot. Yeah. Or don't, don't listen to the first thought, which most people have a knee jerk reaction to pain. Right. And they're like, they get in the ice bath and they get right back out. Nope. That was bad. That that hurt really. That hurt more than I thought. I wasn't prepared for that. I don't know how this is going to make me better. It's just better off that I don't touch this stuff. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's interesting, though, when you think about people, because what you're doing when we're talking about that is you're creating belief based off of somebody else's experience, and that's creating a, an experience that generates belief for you. And what I find, unfortunately, is so many people are really quick to take somebody's negative experience and be like, oh, okay, well, I should be cautious because this is definitely true. Whereas if somebody hears some, a guy like you going, hey, you know what? They told me that I was never going to be able to walk without pain, and I was definitely never going to be able to run. And guess what? I'm doing both every single day. I'm running another ultra marathon. Like a lot of people, be like, "Oh, well, that's good for you." Why? Don't do that. Don't don't let an amazing experience of uh, an amazing example of what's possible be given to you, and you write it off. But when someone comes along, you know where the favorite place that people would do this? That me and my wife it used to drive us crazy. When you're pregnant everybody wants to come up and tell you their horror stories their about horror birth. stories man. all they want to do is just talk to you about oh let me tell you about ours and you know what my wife i'm not yet to hear somebody that had a worse experience than my wife and you know what we don't tell everybody about it why because it was our experience and my wife's awesome and she, she powered through it and we've had three kids okay so i'm like because she had a different mindset about it like when we're talking about these it's not we're not talking hypotheticals we've both experienced it in our own lives we've seen our wives go through it we've seen people close to us i mean you have a lot more because of what you uh, we're surrounded by. So I just want to encourage everybody. So let's let's get into how to tell the difference between yeah, just, barrier. Just to and, reemphasize that real quick before yeah. I move on is have a growth mindset around yes. pain. Right. Yeah. It's here here's where you should have learned it if you haven't already is in the gym. Yeah. Big right? time. It's Everyone, a great training ground. Gym the gym is not for bodybuilders. 
gym is not for people who suffer from vanity. The gym is for everybody. Yeah. Right. And you don't have, you don't have to pay for a gym membership. Your gym can be pushups and squats. Your gym can be chasing your kids around, but everyone needs to exercise. And if you'll exercise like to the point of growth, right. A lot of people like to, well, what do I, how, doctor, how much do I need to walk yeah. that I don't die early? Yeah. Wrong. Right. False. Right. You need to say like, how do I get better? How do I, how am I strong? And that's not just for a certain age of people either. For everybody. Right. Like I don't care if you're 75 years old, how do I be stronger tomorrow yes. than I am today? That's how you should live your life. And if you do that, you should have started when you were young. And if you didn't, that's okay. Do it now. But we should all do this from the time that we're young. And if you'll start to learn that, right. It's the first thing that God gave you to steward, right. Is yep. your body. You'll take care of it. And you'll also push it to the point of pain and get stronger. Come back and do the same thing you did yesterday. And you're like, man, this isn't as hard as it was. Hundred I mean, percent. Right. That's what I love. That about. is the growth mindset yeah. of pain, and everything in life works that way. Yeah. Like what our mountain experience for me. My wife asked me if I enjoyed it, and I said, "You know what, babe? I had a few moments where I kind of like stopped and really took it in, but for the most part, it was just a lot of suffering. But I'm so I look at that thing, and all I do is smile, and I think about how great it was because what an awesome reference experience to feel that terrible and be like, nope. Talk. I think about all the things I'm going through in my life right now, the the different businesses I manage. And some of the pains that I've, I've worked through, I think about, I, was, I had a great takeaway yesterday. I, I got to speak at two different events yeah. yesterday, speak to one group, drive to another event, speak a different message to a different group. And uh, it was so great. I loved it. Um, had a great time with both groups. And I, as I was driving home, I was thinking about, I, I just had a flashback. I remember where I was at on the tollway huh. when I was driving to the second event. And I, this was about two years ago when I was, I'd left the first event. I remember where I was at on the tollway driving to the second event. And I had, a, I just had like this moment of like, man, this is so hard. Huh. Right. And I realized, I thought about as, cause I've grown a lot as a speaker in the yeah. last couple of years. And I remember thinking like, man, it was so hard back then. Yeah. And I'm driving home from the second event and, you know, I've been up since four in the morning yesterday spoke at two events like just been non-stop all day and i'm gonna go home and play with my kids until yeah. they go to sleep right and this wasn't even a hard day like i had a really good time speaking at both of these events i didn't feel i didn't even feel stretched that's awesome. right and where and two years ago um and and you know better audiences in both of the groups that i spoke at yesterday versus where i was two years ago and i just think like man how much have I grown since yes. then? It's not just how you work out in every area of your life. You have the opportunity yep. to get stronger. What what nearly killed you a couple of years ago is going to be pocket change for, for you sure. in a few years. Yeah, that was one of my big takeaways from the mountain. And we'll get to that. But so, how to tell the difference between boundary and barrier pain? Let's go into boundary. I think that's a big question for yeah. a lot of people. Yeah, right? because maybe you, you're saying, okay, I I want to press through. Yeah, right? I I don't want to be. I don't want to live with all of my pain thinking that it's a boundary because then I can never grow, yes. right? I don't want to U-turn all of my pain. I don't want to be blue pill for forever. I want to do it, but I also don't want to drive through the barriers, Yeah, right? That's that's bad too, right? Don't just drive off the barrier uh, in Colorado over the mountain saying like, man, I'm, I'm about to grow from this, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. I know that's a lot of people's response to right. pain. It's like, well, how do, I don't know. Like, I don't want to just drive my life off the cliff. I don't want to destroy my body. That's a lot of people's response to pain. One of the pains is we didn't get into these types of physical pains, but one of people's uh, like devastating pains is the pain of mutilation. Huh. I've noted like women suffer from this actually a lot more for men too. You punch a woman in the face, don't do that, right? You punch a woman in the face, she won't cry because it hurts. She cries because she thinks her face has changed. Huh. Men won't cry for the same reason. Right. But men, all, we also, we all have the pain of mutilation, right? Like if you've like damaged your finger really bad, you're not just thinking about like, does it hurt? You're thinking about, have I lost function? Right. Right. We have a, we have a natural protection against those types of barriers, right? I don't want to, like if you cut your hand off, it doesn't hurt that bad but you've, you're going to feel the sensation of extreme loss because right. you've lost some major function in your life. There's those types of pains. And so those are boundaries, right? I don't want to drive sure. through those, but a lot of people take these pains that are meant to be like, it's a growth pain. Right. And you're looking at it like I'm asking you to cut your finger off. So let's give some distinctions yeah, to how good. do I know the difference? I don't know if I'm cutting my finger off or this is going to make me better. Right. So on the mental point, Garrett touched on it earlier, but on the, the mental boundary for pain, these are issues of morality. Like there's things that you should not be going like, well, I need to break through this. Like you shouldn't get okay about lying to people, hurting people, doing the wrong things. That's a pain that you should 100% recognize. I mean, the Bible talks about that as being the searing of your conscience. Like you don't ever want to get to the place where you're just like, oh, you know, it got a lot easier. 
Yeah, that's because you've done it so many times. Yeah, you numb that pain, and that is where you drive your life off the cliff. Big time. Yeah, you're driving off the cliff, and you, and you don't even know I'll steal from it. people, whatever. I'll yeah. hurt people. I don't care. Exactly. Right? You've you've numbed the boundaries, and you're about to pay a, a serious consequence. Yeah. Now, on the physical side, G, I mean, you talked about that. I think one of the things that's interesting for, for boundary pains, they almost always involve choice, and that's a really distinguishing characteristic. So, like, on the, the mental side, like... No one's forcing you to steal. It didn't just like accidentally happen. You have a choice. Well, let's apply that to physical, right? I mean, in the physical side of things, you almost always have a choice. And, and so if you've not made and, a choice. And by, I, by choice, I also mean, could I accomplish the same thing a different way? And I don't mean we could take a helicopter ride to the top of the mountain. Right. I mean, <laughs> I mean think about the hot pan. Right. I don't yes. need to touch the hot pan. I'm just trying to move the pan. Can I move the pan a different way? Yeah. Right. If I don't, and this is where this, the seal saying, like, just to give some insight to this, if you're not cheating, you're not trying, right? A lot of people think that you're required and the way they see life is, and they, they, well, then that's why they don't even want to do it in the first place. They think you just have to bare knuckle, pick up a hot pan. Right. And then that's life. And the seal saying is if you're not cheating, you're not trying. It's not about moral cheating. It's like, Hey man, if you can just like kick the pan with your shoe or like take, grab your t-shirt. No one, no one's giving you oven mitts, right? Right. You just grab your t-shirt, do something else to accomplish the same objective and not feel pain. That's the right type of cheating, right? Because a lot the cheat, you're not cheating, you know, stealing from people. You're cheating at the, these fake rules and standards that people make up. Well, it's just supposed to be this way. It's just supposed to be hard. You're supposed to just feel the burn of working all of that stuff. That's the right type of cheating. People do that all the time, though, where they mm-hmm. get upset. Like, well, I had to do this, and you're just, like, finding another way to do it. That's not fair. Okay. Yeah. Sorry I used my T-shirt as an oven. Exactly. Like, yeah, you could have done the same thing. So in the in the case of physical, what I would say, and we are not doctors, nor are we giving medical advice, but if you've not done anything, and you just suddenly start having pains, and it doesn't go away, you should really get that. You should pay attention to that one. That's not one to just be like, well, just try time to try a different way. I have an unfortunate experience. And it's really just the, the, the most important part because you're right. We're not doctors, right? Um, and I've had doctors in my life tell me plenty of things. And they're, they're far more educated than me. Yeah. But what's interesting is that even though they're far more educated than me, they don't know more than me. And what I mean by that is they don't know more about me. Yeah, for than, sure. Than me. Yeah. All they know, like, you, you know, why would you let someone that gets five minutes of your time. Like it, like they'll make a decision about your life in five minutes of their time. Yes. He's smarter than me. Right. If I would like, I, why would you, if you would, you're going to hire a coach, right. To tell you what you should do with your life in only five minutes of your time. Right. That, that sounds kind of foolish, right? He, right. You don't, in five minutes, you don't know enough about me to really say what I should do with my life in five minutes of you looking at my scan and analyzing my anatomy that's not, a, or and me giving you some anecdotal data about how I feel, that's not enough uh, information and time for you to prescribe everything in my life. Yeah. And so I say that to say, and I'm, I'm not, you know, a lot of people can get really upset about this or, or say, you know, that sounds so dumb, so foolish. That's fine. You know, how's that working for you is what I would say. But I've had a lot of doctors far more educated than me, either people from the military or from the civilian world. These people spent over a decade in school. I'm not saying they don't know medicine way better than me. They just don't know me better than me. Right. Right. And so it is upon you with any, anything that your doctor gives you, right? Get a second opinion. Yeah. What's your opinion? Yeah. Right. The most important opinion about your pain is your opinion. Exactly. Not your doctor's opinion. And a lot of people take their doctor's opinion. And so we're not trying to talk about, you know, medical pain and doctor's opinions and all of that stuff, but how do you feel about what your doctor told you? Yeah. Let's go to barrier pain, G. And what I what I loved about this is you said almost all mental pain is barrier pain. Now that's going to be a real check for people. A lot of people would question that. Yeah, a lot of people. What would are question uh, play, play devil's ad, advocate here for the audience, Nick? What are some uh, What are some mental pains that people would say? Well, that's not a barrier pain. I'm not supposed to grow from that. That's um, you know that's an awful pain, and I should just try to U-turn that as fast as I, I can. I had some really traumatic experience in my life, Garrett. You don't know when I was young. XYZ happened to me. This person did this, or I lost this person, and you don't understand because you don't know my pain. That that's that would be a lot of a lot yeah, of what people I think would say. I think about that. I also think like, what about a person who you know a friend in your life who died, right? right? And that's this is I didn't want this, right? And this is just the worst thing ever, and I'll never recover from this. Like I'm going to hurt from this for forever, right? Some of those pains, whether it's the trauma, whether it's losing a friend, right? It is it is awful. You didn't choose it. Yeah. Um. It's gonna bring some great scars in your life, but what are you going to do with that pain? Yes. Right. And your reference experience shouldn't be like, if you want to, um, I, I worked with this guy in the Navy. Uh, he was a decathlete. He helped like 
Uh, he ran the, um, he wasn't a doctor, but he ran the stretch clinic. Mm. This guy was a decathlete in, in uh, college, and he had had like every major injury from tearing an ACL to back injuries, shoulder injuries, knee injuries, and he'd recovered from every single mm. one without surgery, right? Zero surgeries in this guy's like, and so if I was trying to recover from an injury, I would want to follow somebody yes. who recovered from the same injury, yeah. not follow someone who had said, this is the end of the road for yeah, you. Yeah, for sure. And so what I would say to someone who's looking at like this awful trauma in their life, whatever you want to call that trauma, and say like, I'll never recover from this. Uh, I need surgery. I need to turn around. I need to go home. I need a wheelchair, yeah. right? And I mean mentally. I need a wheelchair. Mentally, I need a cast, whatever it is. Find people who've actually recovered yeah. from what you've done. And I'll say for almost any type of trauma that you've been through, there's somebody who said, I'm going to use this for good. Yep. hundred percent. Well, I mean, you said the thing about people who have lost somebody. I mean, for a perspective shift, I mean, you saw all pe all sorts of people that, that lost their closest friends, their loved ones, their brothers in teams and like, you know, terrible things happening to people. And, people just kept on going. It was, it was a, a completely different thought process because their perspective wasn't like, oh, this should never happen. It was like, this happens, but we keep going. I think about the story of Joseph in the Bible, yeah. right? His brothers beat the snot out of him, uh, wanted to murder him, talked about murdering him yeah. while he's just sitting there in the hole. How awful would you feel? Yeah. Like, I, I mean, and you're 13. That's, that's like extreme trauma. Yeah. Like all of my older brothers hate me and want to murder me. You could feel so worthless. Right. And then to, it's like a lot of people like have trauma and then get stuck there. Right. Like he got there or, or, you know, and then just go back to where they came from. You know, something happens to you and you go back to your family. Well, he had the worst trauma ever and then was sold into slavery. Right. Like, yeah. like you think foster care is bad. How about you just become a slave? Mm -hmm. Right. That happens to him. And what he could have done in, you know, as a slave is have a slave mindset, just be a beat dog, just feel sorry for himself. I'm worthless. Like I'm less than a human being could have felt that way about his trauma, but he didn't. He decided to grow from what he'd been through. Yeah. Right. And so, again, I, I just want to remind everyone that you can grow from the things that you go through if you choose to. Yeah. Right. You can take the pain in your life and say, this was maybe maybe this was meant to hurt me, but I'm going to look at this as a barrier. You, you know, maybe it's not as positive as the gym. Maybe it's not as positive as, you know, going from one speaking engagement in a day to two speaking engagements in a day. What if you've got an injury that you didn't ask for? What if you got a thorn in your side for the rest of your life? Mm. You can just say, you know what, I'm going to use this to grow through, yeah. right? I'm going to be better because of this, even though it's not a positive thing, right? Like getting a sickness in, or an ailment isn't like the, man, I, I got to grow from the weight of having so much opportunity in my life, yeah, seriously. right? You, what's the opposite of that? Like, I mean, I got to grow from the weight of, I lost friends, I lost family, everyone's against me. And you could just quit from that, but you can grow from those things. It's not about how negative what happened to you is. It's about how you feel about what happened to you. Yeah. Now you talked about, and you said that you think, I mean, I think you said all mental pain is a barrier is what you actually said. Um, and I think it's interesting to look at where the mental pains come from. And we talked about it coming from poor beliefs, previous experiences, uh, and thoughts of entitlement as are some of the biggest sources of our, our pain. And so one of the things that we want to do is just highlight, here's some poor beliefs. And if you have these, understand that you are hitting up against things that are barriers that it's you should break through. When you, you look at, uh, you look at movies, right? Like not movies from today because movies from today are kind of stupid. But <laughs> look at movies from all the other times from like before the last few years. And you look at the hero and you look at the villain. Both of them usually have some sort of pain in their past. Yes. The hero says, because I'm hurt, I'll make sure that never happens to anybody again. Yeah. Right. And the villain says, because of what happened to me, everyone has to go through it too. Yes. Very right? good. Same pain, but they have a different view of it. Right. So instead of saying like, I, you know, I, I have a friend who went through some incredible trauma as a child. And what he did is he like literally with his life. And it's what he's so dedicated to is I'm gonna make sure this never happens to anybody mm -hmm. again. Right. Instead of saying like, because I'm hurt, I'm going to hurt other people because I'm hurt. The world is broken and I don't care about anything. Right. Instead of letting it be a boundary in his life and just turn around like or, you know, drive through the boundary. Like I'm a, you know, people broke me, so I'm going to break the world. People broke me. I'm going to break morals. I don't care yeah. about anything. And said, you know what? People broke me. I'm going to make sure no one else can be broken because of this. Yeah. Right. And choose to get stronger because of the things that happened to you. Yeah. I love that, man. Well, let's go through some of the poor beliefs we talked about. And these are things that are going to cause you more pain. This is you having barrier pain. Uh, so belief number one, life shouldn't hurt. Like if you think, honestly, 
You laugh at that, Garrett, but like how many people yeah. and like the the second one that goes with it, and this is directed. Now, if, if you believe that everything's a boundary. Yeah. And, and the other one that I put is God wants to take away pain. Like the, the amount of times that people That's a wrong belief. It's too. a wrong belief. If I mean look throughout if you're like, well, I don't know think about a, that. I think about I think about Joseph. Yeah. Right. I so love his story. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. Because his story is not about him. God used him to save all of the Israel people, yeah. right, from from death and starvation. Joseph could have, I don't think he did, but he could have prayed every day, God, when are you going to save me from this? Yeah. Right, like, God, do you even love me anymore? And God's saying, I love you so much. Yeah. Like, I, I gave you, like, I made you this way. Yeah. And I let this happen to you because of what it's going to do for you. Because yeah. of who you'll become. Yes. Right, and what you can do with it. Right, just trust me. Stay with me. And we can do this. Like you're what you're going to do because of what's happened to you. If you'll trust me, if you'll push through, if you'll not turn around, it'll be greater than anything that you could ever imagine. Yes. That's the mindset that you have to have with pain. Yes. Joseph could have said like, God, I, th- I thought you loved me. And, and I thought because you love me that you won't let me go through pain. And that's not the truth. God sent his own son. It says God so loved the world that he sent his son yeah. to die. Yeah. Right. Like so much. If you, if you'll decide like I'm going to take pain as an opportunity to grow and I'll turn, I'll turn my pain into purpose. I'll let it be sacrificial. I'll use this not for me, but for other people, right? Like my friend who was hurt so wrongly as a child and said, you know, I'm going to use this to help others. I'm going to use this pain to make me better. I'm going to grow from it so that I can protect others so that I can love others. So I can be what I'm supposed to do with this. Yeah. I'm going to quote my man, Garrett Unklebach. Who said that pain without purpose is punishment? Pain yeah. with purpose is discipline. Yeah. And I thought when you said that, I thought that was genius. And you know, you know what it says about Jesus in Hebrews was during his time on earth, he was a man of many sorrows who learned obedience. How? Through what he suffered. Mm-hmm. This is who we're following after. So if you're if you're a person who's following Jesus and you think that what is really waiting for you is a cloud with a harp and really for God to just make everything easy, you're missing the point. If you're praying for something and you're like. Oh, it's not coming true, and and your conclusion is well, then God must not be real. And I'm talking about this from experience of a person who pursued a lot of miracles and pursued God based on a certain expectation, and then when I didn't, it didn't turn out the way I thought it should. Threw everything out. You you have a wrong belief that is going to cause you a lot of pain, and it's and it's a limitation that you need to understand. So here's another poor belief. And I just want to reemphasize yeah. the point: we're we're addressing wrong beliefs, correct? Right, because. When you have these wrong beliefs, you'll look at your barrier pain as boundary pain. 100%. And here's another one. The pain's only going to increase. I have to say that during, like, if you believe that, oh, the pain's just going to get over, your brain, this was my big takeaway from our hike, from our, our mountain climb. The brain will overestimate your pain and underestimate your resilience. And like you see people, I, I, we put previous experiences in here. Here's a great experience. Here's a great, a great example of this. I can't go do that because I, I've done that before and I, it's just, it's really bad for me. Oh, so you've you've done this exact thing and it was just it, the pain was excruciating. Yeah, it was. Oh, when did you do that? I was thirteen. Okay. Well, h- how old are you now? Well, I'm like I'm thirty three. Do Do you think anything's changed in the last twenty years? And like when you if you like you know what I mean like I'm giving a really obvious one. Yeah. And people do that. I've for heard me, it though. For me on the mountain, I was like going, oh man, I feel like I'm gonna pass out, and my my head is thumping, and my heart rate's at like one sixty. I have metrics for all this stuff. I'm like. And I'm thinking, you know, your brain goes, well, how do you think it's going to be? Like, you can't do this for two hours. It's exactly what you talk about in Buds. I am. Um, That's I, what was going through my brain. I kicked everyone in the nuts with it a little bit, but I was trying to give them some perspective. I, you know, and when we were there, I said, you know, when this gets hard, just remember there's 10 year olds that live in this town yeah. that have climbed this mountain. Yeah. He said that to us. He said lots of things like that. He was a very <laughs> encouraging guy. But, but like the, the reason that the 10 year olds can climb the mountain is because they live at that altitude. But still, there's 10 year olds that have climbed that mountain. So. But, but people will do this all the time. They'll do like a straight line appreciation if you're a finance person where you think, if you don't know what that means, it means just imagine a perfectly straight line up at a 45 degree angle. Like my pain is just going to keep increasing. No. Because you don't know how you're going to react. Because I bet I'll get stronger. Yeah, exactly. You're going to be a different person in five minutes than you were now. That's just the truth. And I experienced that. We would go and I'm like, oh, actually, I'm, I'm getting better. And then, you know, I did have my dark po- my dark points. But this is this is true of life as well. I, I laughed in Nick's dark moment. I enjoyed it. Yeah, whatever. You did, man. And that my, the worst part about that was I didn't even enjoy the cookie I ate. That was and your wife's cookie. Anyways, that's a whole other story. The, the one thing you can know, not just about pain, but about all of life, is that it's temporary. Yes. Right? So... When you go through great things, appreciate them because they won't last for forever. Yeah. And when you go through pain, just remember it won't last for forever. Exactly. And so another another poor belief, and there's two poor beliefs, and I we touched on this earlier about Garrett's seal comment. 
I really hope that you listen to this. It, we're going to repeat it because it's so valuable. Don't believe I don't do well with pain or they do better with pain. Because that's what I think that was one of the first things that I noticed about Garrett was I felt like people put him on the seal pedestal and you see somebody accomplish something great and you assume you don't say it this clearly, but you're like, oh, well, he's a Navy SEAL. He's a little crazy. And so what you're saying is like, well, it was it was easier for him. That's why he was able to do it. The funny. Part, you don't know that. Yeah, they don't know that. And the funny part to that to the, about that to me is I know people that are way tougher than me. Yeah. Well, yeah, I know you know that. But I'm just saying first, I mean, what you said to me recently, there's like 4,000 SEALs in the entire history of yeah. the Navy. So like very few people get to meet a SEAL, right? And so like you're the representation for a lot of people and that's understandable. But like, I just think if you're looking at somebody else and you're thinking, oh, well, I don't do very well with pain or I don't do very well with insert whatever it is here and they do, they must do better with it. Really check yourself on that because, you A, you don't know that. What if they're just tougher than you? What if they're just better than you? Oh, well, then that means you can get better. That means you can get tougher. Let them let them be a positive reference. For yeah. You. So here's good beliefs because we don't want to just give you the negative. Here's two good beliefs, and these are massive. One, I have a choice. That's like literally what we've been saying to you the whole podcast. You can make your 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 reaction to pain, your beliefs about pain better. You can choose to grow from them. Remember, the two lessons for, boundary, for types of pain. Boundary is not this way, which guess what? That means there's another way. doesn't mean quit. The barriers, hey, it's time to grow. It means, it means that it's there. It's a limitation. And guess what? We're all about breaking limitations on this podcast. So if you hit that barrier, it's and time the, to grow. And the overall lesson of pain is that I'm not going to let pain dictate to yes. me who I am. Right? If I want to do something, the, the only way is I'm going to either, if, if I want to do something and there's pain involved, it either means I'm going to do it a different way or I'm going to grow and continue forward. Yeah, love that. The second good belief is that your attitude will make or break it. We talked about that briefly. I mean, you know, we touched on it earlier as well about how big your attitude mentality are. It's a superpower. It really attitude is. is. Yeah. Now, we're going a bit long, G. We, we have the second I, thing we want I wanna, to answer. I want to I summarize that really quick. Okay. Right? The good, what is the point of the good beliefs, right, yeah. is what will help you understand the difference. Like, if you have those negative beliefs, that's where you think barriers are boundaries. Correct. If you'll have these positive beliefs, because that's the question. Like the first question we're answering is like, okay, I want to be better. I want to grow through pain, but how do I know the difference between a boundary pain and a barrier pain? If you have those right beliefs, it'll help you understand, okay, the, these aren't necessarily boundaries. These are barriers. I can push through them and I can grow. Correct. Right. So that's the first thing, right? Have those right beliefs. You can under, you can better understand the difference between boundaries and barriers. Let's say you have those good beliefs and you want to grow like, man, okay, I know that these pains are barriers in my life but I'm not very good at, at going through barriers. I'm not very good yeah. at my limits. So how do we get better at enduring? Yeah, well, that's a great question and a great transition. Well done, G. Uh, <laughs> the very first thing we said, and uh, guess what? We've talked about being able to train pain on this podcast before. Our only sponsor of the podcast at the time of recording is Freedom Plunge because we, we are big fans of doing hard things. Take Ice baths are a great way to train your pain, train your reaction to it. Uh, I, I mean, if you don't believe us, Go back to episode four and listen to my first ice path. One it's thing also we at the you know the beginning of our Instagram if you want to go back and watch the videos. Yeah, right? which I still think Garrett goes back and watches it for his own enjoyment. But you know, counteract that. It's, it's I don't need to. It's all right here. I know, and, and you remind me of it regularly. So thank you. Counteract that with now. I take ice baths regularly, and like we went in a uh, a lake. Yeah, when, when we, we went, were up. Yeah, in the mountain. We, went, we went to Leadville. We got in Turquoise Lake. If you've ever been there, and the water was in the upper forties, which for most of us who get our ice baths around forty or lower, we're like, ah, this is warm water. Honestly, it was not it even was, challenging. We could have stayed in for a while the sun was out it, it was, was so gorgeous. nice you yeah. could tell who in our group because a lot of us in the group get an ice bath every yeah. day and there's a couple of us in the group that didn't and you could tell yeah and if you i mean if you listen to this podcast you get a hundred dollars off at freedom plunge you can go into our into the notes the show notes and you can get that discount they're amazing you can look at all that up uh hit up chris follow him at freedom plunge on, on instagram he's the man um but what i will say if you don't have an ice bath and you're like oh I, that's not my what are you doing that's hard every day? Uh -huh. There's that great quote that says, a man should do two things he hates every single day just for practice. And I can't remember who it's by, but Pastor Keith quotes it all the time. And it's true. You have to start doing hard things because the only way you're going to start getting better at pain is to practice it. The second thing, G, I feel like you should share because you know it so yeah, well. Yeah, so there's a thing in the military that we would do this. This was like a thought for close quarters clearance, but uh, you would think like, you know, uh, weapons tactics and clearing a home would be something that doesn't apply to anything else. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like I learned so many lessons from that because it was such a combination of strategy and tactics that were very crucial. Right. And I learned things there that I feel like apply in so many places. And one of the things that they taught us 
was like right before you take a corner, you'd take this thing called a pregnant pause. Like even when you're running really fast, we have to clear this target as fast as we can to not chase. Yeah. Right. To not let the clock push you, but to let, to you be in control in the moment. And so right, like I have, you know, 30 seconds left. I got to finish clearing this building and I got to move so fast, but I'm going to come to the edge of this corner and I'm just going to, then I'm going to take the corner, right? Cause I'm going to take the corner under control. And how this applies to pain is when you're in that moment of extreme pain, don't let the pain push you. Yeah. Don't run from the pain. Sit there, take a quick pause with the pain and say, this is a boundary. This is a barrier Yeah. because I, I'm not one, I'm not going to let pain tell me who I am when I'm in, when I'm clearing a target, I'm not going to let the clock, I'm not going to let someone yelling at me. I'm not going to let pressure. I'm not going to let the buzzer tell me what I have to do. I have to be in control. Right. So when you face, when you face that moment of extreme pain, just take the pause, take the breath and say, is this a boundary or is this a barrier? Do I need to find a different way or do I need to push through this? Yeah. Right. And most of the time you'll find that the answer is that you just need to push through it. Yeah. And the last one is one that we've literally been talking about the whole time. It's your mentality. It's your mindset. You talked about having a growth mindset towards pain. If you were like, wait a minute, I couldn't remember which ones you said about the boundary or the barrier. What, what we've said on this podcast, if I could summarize it, is there's almost nothing that should make you turn around pain should not dictate to you exactly who you are or where you're going in life yes if pain's either going to tell you try a different approach or you need to grow thank you very much for listening guys remember to share like subscribe if you think that this would be something that someone would enjoy please send it to them we appreciate it all if you want to get in touch you can follow us on instagram at the impossible life you'll find us on there you can also email at impossible life podcast at gmail.com If you have any questions, if you want to get in touch and find out about Garrett's personal or business coaching, that's the way to do it. Thank you again for listening. Go out there, think better, and live the impossible. See you again soon. Long before ice baths were a thing, Garrett was doing them in the SEAL teams. Now we do them as part of our daily morning routine to make us better. We are very pleased to have partnered with Freedom Plunge. Freedom Plunge is on a mission to bring cold exposure to everyone. They believe that cold plungers should be affordable, easy to use, and represent the customer themselves. Cold plunges shouldn't cost a fortune, and these ones don't. Garrett and I both use our Freedom Cold Plunge every single day. It's customized. You can put whatever you want on them. For us, we have our Impossible Life logos. And here's the best part. Just for listening to this podcast, you can go to freedomplunge.com, use the discount code IMPOSSIBLE, and save $500 off any Freedom Plunge. These things are half the price of the ones that you see on the internet, plus you're going to save an additional $500 with code IMPOSSIBLE. Go to freedomplunge.com and get yourself one now. You will not regret it.